Well, happy Mother's Day again to all you mothers out there. And uh, it's funny. Um, does anybody listen to country music on the radio station? <laughs> There's this song that says, Call Your Mama. Does anybody know that song? Call Your Mama. Listen to, all, you know, that song? Every time that song comes on, I bet you the last 20 times I've called my mom, it's because that song told me to call my mom. <laughs> so I'm driving down the road, call your mama. Oh, yeah, right, call my mom. Yeah, I got to thank that guy. Forget he sings that song, but uh, it's good. So this is a day that I usually use to celebrate moms and to celebrate women just in general. And thank God that we have these days, and thanks God we have Mother's Day, and thank God we have men and women. And I know it's getting less and less that we can celebrate the differences, but thank God there is a difference between men and women, and we get to celebrate that difference as God created them to be. And so it's a wonderful day to do that and how God made men and women so different and, and yet so compatible. One of the things that I like to share is, you know, in the original creation, how God created Adam first, but then created Eve out of Adam. And it just shows the compatibility between man and a woman. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that he didn't pull Eve out of the head of Adam to be over him and didn't pull, him, pull Eve out of the feet of Adam to be under him, but pulled Eve out of the side of Adam so that we could be compatible with one another. I wanted to open up with a scripture today, John chapter 20, 29, that says this. Now Thomas called the twin. One of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Isn't that kind of interesting? We just talked about Adam and Eve, Eve being pulled out of the side and they speared him in the side and that's where the church came out of them, compatible with Christ. I'm not going there, just a side trail. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. And so... I wanted to discuss this moment and why, to me, this is one of the most important moments that takes place after the resurrection of Christ. Because here we see Jesus explaining to the disciples the basis of the gospel. Because Jesus was about to ascend. He had gone to the grave, resurrected, and was about to ascend and so Thomas was saying, listen, unless I touch Jesus, I'm not going to believe. Jesus shows up and says, put your fingers in my side, touch me. But he said, listen, blessed are those who believe and yet have not seen. Because Jesus was about to rise, and that is the basis for the gospel that people need to believe without seeing. That is the gospel that we preach and people believe by faith. I walk around every day not seeing Jesus in the flesh, and yet I walk around every day so confident that my Lord lives. And so that is the basis of the gospel, is that we must believe, we must preach and share, and those who listen believe without ever seeing him in the flesh. And so what Jesus was saying there and why it was recorded and why it's so important is Jesus was laying down the basis of the gospel. 
He was letting them know that they were going to have to share about him and people were going to have to believe even though he was not going to be walking around anymore, that he was going to ascend to the Father, that he wasn't going to stay with them but for a short period of time and then go and send the Spirit of God down to live in people, but he was not going to walk the earth anymore. And the basis of the gospel is that you have to believe and not see. That's where the Great Commission comes from, to go into the world and preach the good news to all creation. Those who believe, right? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. That was a scripture that was prophetic for today. That's why so many preachers use that scripture is because that's the basis of the gospel. We preach Jesus, the word is spoken, and people need to believe without ever seeing. And so what happened here with Thomas was Thomas was like, unless I touch, I won't believe. And Jesus was saying, Slow down. You can touch now, but you need to realize that you're going to be faced with the task now of sharing the gospel without people ever seeing who he was. Romans 10, 10 through 15 says this, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And so that's the basis of the gospel. People believe because they hear, but they hear because someone speaks, and someone speaks because they're sent. That's the gospel. It's not because Jesus shows up and says, touch and put your fingers in my side. It's people hear the word of God and the word alone, faith rises in the word alone and they receive him without ever seeing him. They receive him without ever seeing him. And that is why you and I are here today. That's why I'm here preaching. That's why these are, this is happening this morning. That's why people are by the multitudes coming to Christ every day that goes by is because People feel sent, they preach, people hear, people believe because they hear and they are saved unto salvation. So that's the basis of the gospel. And that's why that was so important. Now I want to come back to women for a second because in the Bible there are so many instances of women that are so pivotal in God's plan. You may not hear as much mighty feats done by women in the Bible, but when they show up and they're recorded, oftentimes it is a pivotal situation in the Bible. And so I am so encouraged many times by looking at, at the stories of women in the Bible because they usually are in pivotal moments that have major outcome for us to learn from. Now there's three examples I'm going to give today, and they're all by the name of Mary, but they're three different Marys. Now, the first example of a Mary that I love to look at in the Bible with pivotal point to me, there's actually six New Testament Marys, but I'm going to talk about three today. The first Mary that I'm going to talk about is probably the most famous one, the Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so whenever I'm feeling like I'm lacking a little bit of faith, I go and see the example of Gabriel coming to Mary 
when Gabriel tells Mary that she's going to be a child and her child is going to be Jesus. And so this angel shows up and tells her all these things are going to take place and that she's going to know no man. Matter of fact, she says to him, how is this possible if I don't know any man? And Gabriel says, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. What happens is the word's going to come on the inside of you. Jesus is going to be born on the inside of you without father, a fleshly father, but godly father is going to impregnate you and you are going to have a baby. Now, up till this point, this has never happened. There's no reference for her. There's not even a biblical story that shows that this is possible. And yet, faced with that situation, she says to the angel, according to your word, be it unto me. And in that moment, boom, Mary was impregnated, and Jesus began to grow on the inside of her. And whenever I'm lacking a bit of faith or things look tough, I go to that scripture and I go... This is just what the faith walks about. When the Bible says the just shall live by faith, it just really boils down to that. Is according to your word, be it unto me. That's the faith walk. You said it, God. I will walk that out. I'll believe it and walk it out. That's the faith walk. That's what it means to walk by faith. It means that we are faced with situations and we apply God's word to them and just believe God's word over what we're feeling. That's faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shouldn't live by failing. Not at all. Feelings follow faith, but they shouldn't live by feelings. When people say, well, I just feel this way or I feel that way, that's not living by faith. Faith is by hearing what God has to say and moving out on that, regardless of what your feelings say. Because oftentimes your feelings will oppose the word of God. And that's why it's called faith. If it was just that easy, everybody would just, there wouldn't even be a word for having to follow God and walking by faith because you would just do it because it feels good. But that's what faith is, and that's why it's so important in every generation, and I'm seeing it in this generation now as well. A lot of our youth are, are, you know, taught in school how you feel. It's all about how you feel, how you feel. If you feel this way, that's what you are. No, if you, though God says it, that's what it is. And we walk that out in faith. When God says it, regardless of our feeling, we walk that out. That's how Christians live by faith. So that's one Mary that I go to when I'm feeling challenged in my faith walk. The second Mary that I often look at is Mary, who is the sister of Martha and Lazarus. Remember Lazarus? He was raised from the dead. Well, there's a Mary in the Bible who's a sister of Lazarus, and she has a sister named Martha. And whenever I'm feeling like I need a lesson in worship, I go to John 12, verses 1 to 8, and it says this. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was whom had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant? oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box that he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. So here we see an amazing event of worship. Worship songs were written over this event in the Bible. But here we see that Sometimes we just need to lay it all 
at the feet of Jesus. And I know life is busy and other things are going on that seem to be important. And I know that whether it's time on a Sunday morning or maybe it's reading your Bible at home or maybe it's taking time to pray, I know there's those precious moments in time where you think you could use it for better things. But sometimes we have to go, uh, you know what, I know I'm busy and I know I could use this time for better things because a lot of times we'll just, you know, well, my family or, or I'm doing a good thing for ministry or, or this or that. But there's some times where God just needs you and him alone. And there is no better thing at that moment. And so once in a while, I'm feeling, you know, whether it's you know, again, I'm not, I don't go by feelings, but whether I'm feeling like I'm not spending enough time with God or feeling distant, what I do is I take her example, and no matter who's around or how much it's going to cost me or how much time it's going to take up or how much it's going to put me out, there's times where we just have to go and spend time with just him, you and him. And everybody else will say, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. Well, there's some moments in life where sometimes it's just got to be you and him. So the first Mary teaches me about faith. The second Mary teaches me about worship and spending time with him. And then there's a third Mary in the Bible, and her name is Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary Magdalene is an interesting personality. When Jesus met her, he cast seven devils out of her. She was a mess. I mean, you study Mary Magdalene, and that's a real story of redemption. And it's a story for us, because even though we might not have all had seven devils actually living in us that were cast out, you know, before Christ or any time without Christ, our lives are a mess. I mean, you cannot redeem yourself. It takes Christ to redeem you. It takes Christ to redeem us. And so it's a story of redemption that God can use us no matter what situation we're in and wants to connect with us and have relationship with us. And so she's a story of redemption. Another thing Mary Magdalene you will find is so faithful after she comes to Christ. She was one of the few left at the cross when Jesus was there dying. There were a few people there Interestingly enough, a lot of women were there at the cross when the men had taken off and didn't want to hang around for that situation. But Mary Magdalene was one of those people at the cross, and she was a very, very, very faithful woman. But I want to pick up a story in John 20, verses 10 to 18, that's going to wrap together everything I've said today. In John 20, it says this, Then the disciples went away again to their own homes, but Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and another at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She's supposing him to be the gardener. I love that spot right there. Sonny came to me one day and said, you ever notice that Mary Magdalene thought that Jesus was the gardener? When in the very beginning, when God created the earth, the first Adam was to tend the garden. And now the last Adam looked like the gardener. I thought that was pretty cool. So, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned to him and said, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. 
Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that she had spoken these things to her. And so the first Mary teaches me about faith when it's down. The second Mary teaches me about worship when it's down. This story to me is one of the most amazing woman stories in the Bible. The most important thing on the earth from Jesus' ascension to him returning, dealing with the kingdom of God is the sharing of the gospel. Like we talked about before, it is not about Jesus showing up to everybody personally. It is about people speaking and people believing when they hear the news about Jesus. Now, the very first person asked in the Bible to share the gospel was a woman by the name of Mary Magdalene. She was the first person to share the most precious thing in all of the heavens and the earth. And that was to declare that Jesus was risen. And she declared it to his disciples and his apostles. You know, the ones that were fighting over which should be on the right and which on the left and who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of God. Jesus gives the most precious gift, the gospel. The very first person in the scripture to preach the gospel is a woman and she takes it to those who supposedly were the most powerful men in the kingdom on the earth at that time. And so I look at that and I just think, wow. So a day to celebrate moms and a day to celebrate women. Just know that three Marys in the Bible constantly teach me lessons on how to be a better person in my faith when it comes to worship and when it comes to preaching the gospel, Jesus entrusted a woman before anyone else. And so I just wanted to say again, happy Mother's Day. And everybody who's a woman in here this morning, we pray for you. God bless you. And we are thankful for you. Amen.